Well, good morning. We're uh, continuing this series in John <clears throat> under this topic of, of uh, conversations with Jesus. And this has been a little slow because this uh, material in chapter 14 is where we are, is pretty, uh, pretty dense. And by that, I, you know, what you mean it is thick. There's lots of material here uh, to go through. It, it, it's hard, at least for uh, somebody that's noticing uh, some of the details here to just kind of run through it. So it, it's taken me a while. And Today, after we finished uh, last week somewhat, uh, this idea about uh, truths about Father uh, seemed to me uh, to be uh, pretty dominant in this. I, I think I told you that in the Gospel of John, uh, the word Father shows up 103 times and 97 of them are related to Jesus referring to His Father, uh, God the Father. And so... In the book of John, there are more references to the or references to God as Father than all the other Gospels combined. Over 103, uh, or 97 rather, uh, out of the 103. Uh, so there's a, a fairly a significant uh, emphasis here that we're going to see. In this section we're in, in 14, 15, 16, and 17, uh, there are 49 occurrences, depending on your translation a bit. But there are 49 occurrences, the word pater, or Father here, in this one section. So we're really uh, sort of, if you will, kind of dialed in, I hope, uh, with understanding something about the truths about Father. And you know, uh, when I think about that, I think about, you know, as I've gotten older, uh, some of the truths uh, that I've learned about life, uh, some of the truths about my father. Uh, my dad died a couple of years ago, but over the years I learned uh, quite a few things about my dad. Uh, some of them I can repeat, and uh, others I can't. Uh, there's some things about my dad that I learned. I learned uh, that uh, he went to the eighth grade, is all he went. And uh, I didn't know that. You know, by the time I was uh, born, he was out of the eighth grade. Uh, <clears throat> he was in the ninth. No. <clears throat> Actually, a little later than that. Uh, but I learned about my dad that he only went to the eighth grade. And I thought, now, wait a minute, my dad has a, 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 an undergraduate degree that he, that he got, and then my dad had a master's degree. And I'm thinking, that's weird. How do you do that by the eighth grade? You know, I, was, you know, I found out that when my dad was in the, in the, in the military, uh, in the Navy, he was on a little island called Kwajalein, which was in the uh, South Pacific area where there were nuclear tests not far away, which explains some of my heritage uh, in my family. <laughs> There were, there were a lot of nuclear tests right on a little atoll right down the river from, or the, the ocean from them and uh, explained some things. My dad uh, didn't, uh, only went to the eighth grade, and a guy that he knew uh, called him Sandy. That's what they call my dad, Marvin. Sandy, he said, uh, hey, Sandy, he said, I see you play the guitar. Uh, if you'll teach me how to play the guitar, I'll teach you how to pass the GED test, part of math. And my dad said, well, there's no way I can do that. I, my dad and I subscribed to the same thing. I didn't have trouble with math until they started multiplying letters and then out. Right? Anybody else with me on that? You know, who, 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 just give me a number for crying out loud. Uh, so I learned that my dad was actually uh, uh, tutored and mentored by this guy in the Navy that enabled my dad to teach him to play the guitar and then enabled my dad to pass the GED came back, went to school, is the only person to this day still in his family of brothers and sisters that went to college. I come from great stock. <laughs> um, that The only person. I, I, when I learned that, I, I, it gave me a new appreciation for my dad. It gave me a new understanding about him. 
And, you know, sometimes we learn truths about our fathers, and, and sometimes they can uh, uh, be helpful to us, and sometimes they're, they're, they're not so helpful. Uh, but sometimes learning the truths about our fathers that gives us insight, helps us to understand. I, I can remember my dad telling me a story when he was a kid that my grandfather was kind of a dreamer and, and never really held down a job. And I, to, I remember my dad telling me when he was 17 years old, he would work all week working a drag line. And that's a big piece of equipment, I, you know, that I, I, I never ran one, but I walked by it, uh, you know, that my dad was running a drag line. And I, and I learned, uh, you know, that, that my dad would work all week and would go home and turn the check over to the family and keep $5. You know what? That helped me understand when every time we'd go out to eat, my dad'd say, who's buying? <laughs> yeah, money was scarce, you know. He didn't have a lot of it. He, he'd, he'd lived in pretty tough poverty. So truths about my father, it, it helped me to understand him. It helped me to relate to him. It helped me to, to get to know him a little better. The truth about our father. I want us to look here in John chapter 14, verse 6. Here Jesus in his famous, powerful statement. We're going to start at 6 and work our way down to 12 someday. And uh, yeah, stuff is packed, I'm telling you. And, and, and Jesus said to them, verse 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father. From now on, you know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and that's enough for us. Now, that, that's an interesting... Right? I want to get there today. That, that is such a fascinating statement. In the midst of the struggle and, and confusion and difficulty that these guys are in. Look, show us the Father. And then I mean, Jesus said, have I been with you so long yet you've not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words which I say, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does His works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Now, I want to stop there and unpack this, if I can, a little bit, about some of these truths, if you will, about Jesus and the Father. The first truth here is this, as I see it, is... Uh, this. The first truth about the Father is the exclusive way to the Father. Now, this phrase, Jesus said, we ended last week, what he said, I, and no one comes to the Father but through me. You know, we live in a day when uh, there's a lot of tension and difficulty among religions, aren't there? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's always been like this, but you know, we never had CNN 24 hours, so I don't know. But these kind of statements and these kind of phrases... Um, have a tendency to put a little heartburn in people and have a little difficulty when we read this. And I want to kind of try to walk and work through this. Uh, because, you know, I, in my notes when I was working through this, I thought, you know, we're all kind of insiders. We're in. It's great to be in, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful to be in? And we can say to all those outsiders, you're not in, we're in. And that can get a little arrogant and a little prideful on our part if we're not careful. I always struggle and tell my students, we, we, we don't want to live in arrogance and we also don't want to be cowards in terms of saying what we believe the gospel to say. We want to be careful not to live arrogantly 
or as if we're only ones who know anything. And we don't want to live as cowards to where we will be unwilling to say what we believe and what we understand in some kind of fashion. So this phrase, when Jesus says, no one comes to me, or no one comes to the Father but through me, it's this exclusive way. Remind me of a story, Billy Graham, early in his ministry, um, was uh, in a small town in, I, I think, North Carolina, South Carolina, somewhere. And he was, uh, before the revival uh, meeting, was going through town and met a little boy and just said to him, he said, uh, young man, could you uh, direct me uh, to the post office? I have a letter I want to mail. If you're under 30, talk to somebody later about that, about what that is, a letter, <laughs> mail, stamps, stuff like that, you know. And, uh, and the young boy, uh, you know, said to him, well, uh, if you go down here, it's, uh, you know, turn left like that. And then Billy Graham has reported this, said this young boy said, you know, I'm here in town and I'm an evangelist. I'm going to be, I'm going to be preaching and teaching. And he says, uh, I'm going to be at the first Baptist or some, you know, I'm going to be at the first Baptist church tonight. I'm going to be telling people how they can know the way to heaven. And he said, would you be willing to come? And the little boy said, I don't think so. He said, you don't even know the way to the post office. <clears throat> <clears throat> Yeah, how do you go from not knowing where the post office is, how to get to heaven, you know? <laughs> Kid's pretty smart. There, there is that tension in our world that when people hear us talk or, or do that. So I, I want to look at some things here. And I, I don't want to belabor this point here, but you know me. I know how to do that. Um, the context of this statement. Now, this term, this idea, context. Uh, you know... Uh, Context is pretty important in terms of understanding how words and, and, and things mean. I mean, if, if, if I say four and somebody asks me how many hot dogs I want, that means one thing. It's spelled a bit different. But if I say four and I'm out on some grass among some trees, you better duck your head, right? I mean, I know they're spelled different, but it's just, you know, four, four. You know, if you're from East Texas, there's no difference in the pronunciation. Uh, words have context and meaning. Uh, it, it's, it's like <clears throat> I'd said to you one other time that, that the, the idea, when a, what, if a person says, would you like a hot dog? I do, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I'm on hot dogs today, but <clears throat> uh, if you know, want a hot dog, <clears throat> I do. Uh, however, if you're standing in front of a building with a bunch of people with dresses and suits and tuxes on and a guy with a, with a Bible in his hand and you say, I do, that means something different. Yeah, yeah. So context. In fact, in studying the Bible, we often will say this. A text out of context becomes a pretext. A text out of context becomes a pretext. In other words, you can make the Bible mean and say anything you want to if you take it out of context. Brian Zahn, a guy I follow on Twitter... <clears throat> A uh, guy that's, uh, uh, I don't believe everything he, he says. I've told you I don't believe everything I say. <clears throat> I'm still working through stuff. <clears throat> uh, Brian Zahn made this statement when he said, you take the Scripture out of context, you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. Anything that you want it to say. And in this passage, what if there is some context that needs to be considered? For, for instance, the context here is that Jesus is speaking to Jewish men who knew God and had understood the person of Jesus to some extent and had known that Jesus' communication throughout the entire gospel that this is being recorded 
was about the Father. There's all of these occurrences about Jesus and the Father. If you, again, we've looked in John over and over. This strong connection between Jesus saying, I don't do anything unless the Father tells me to do it. The only thing I do are what I see the Father doing. I can do nothing without the Father. There, there is this deep, abiding connection and understanding that Jesus is attempting to help them understand something they already know, if you will, in, in this respect, that Jesus is the issue when it comes to the Father. Jesus is the issue. Is He actually revealing the Father correctly? And I wrote in my notes here <clears throat> that what Jesus is doing here is talking to men who are certainly know about God, but if they reject Jesus, they've rejected the person who came as their Messiah, as their King, as the Lord of the universe, if you will, as their Messiah. If they reject Him, they're rejecting the Father that sent Him. Okay? These are not people that don't understand. These are not people that don't have history. These are not people that don't have some background and understanding of who Jesus claims Himself to be and the Father that He says who sent Him. So the context here to me seems to suggest that these are not people, if you will, that are just learning for the first time something about God, something about Jesus, but people who have deep roots in the religion of Judaism who've understood that Jesus has come to reveal more correctly and specifically the Father. So he says to these guys, now hold, stay with me here, okay? He says to these guys, your history, your background, your connection to Judaism, if you reject me, you're rejecting the Father that sent me. You can't reject me and not reject the Father that sent me. See the connection there? These people understand this. They have history and background with this. So here's the question. We'll let it lie here just for a moment. Is that for everybody? Is that for everybody? Now, the question of context here is people who understand Judaism, who have a background understanding the Father. I'll tell you how important I think this is in context. And again, I, I wrote in my notes, no, Cliff is not a universalist. No, Cliff is not saying there are many ways to God. What Cliff is saying is this. This statement is made to some Jewish men with specific knowledge at a specific time. And are there other considerations that we have? Let me give you an example. <clears throat> Jesus uh, told uh, the disciples in Matthew to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, didn't he? Did you know that nobody in Acts gets baptized like that? There's no evidence in the book of Acts of any Trinitarian baptismal formula. Nowhere. You can look it all over. Nobody gets baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They get baptized in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Go look. Every time. They get baptized in the name of... Does that mean, however, that so there's no Trinitarian understanding in Acts? No. It means that people in Acts in those places know the Father. They know of the Spirit. They know of that. The God-fearers that are around the synagogues that Paul goes to are God-fearers. They know about Judaism. And the issue is who? Jesus. Jesus is the issue. The context to me suggests that there is this understanding that to these people who understand 
the Father and understand the Son, that Jesus is the issue here. And that for us to understand that is to say, if people have knowledge and understanding of God as Father, as God as Spirit, Jesus is the issue. I'm not suggesting that He isn't the issue. I'm wondering about people who've never heard. I'm wondering about people who have no knowledge or an understanding. And we've talked about this at some length before. And I'm not saying that all roads lead to God. No, some, road lead, some roads lead nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. But I love what my friend said when he said this, but God will go down any road, any philosophy, any place to find you. Did you get that? Listen, not all roads lead to God. But Jesus will go down any road, any philosophy, any place to find you. I told you the story some time ago, Elaine Brown who's in this class somewhere, or maybe on vacation. There she is. <laughs> Elaine's father was a missionary in Africa, and one time they go out into the bush in order to uh, have, a, have a meeting, if you will, uh, and uh, people are finding out about that, and some people travel two days walking to get there. And uh, when they show up, Elaine's father preaches the gospel and tells them about Jesus the Father, Jesus the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And at the end of that meeting, after a couple of days, a lady comes up to her dad. This is the story she told us. Her lady, a lady comes up to her dad and said this, I always knew there was a God. I always knew He was somewhere. Thank you for telling me His name. Now let that sink in for a minute. You see, sometimes as insiders, we don't think outsiders know anything. But sometimes outsiders know there's a God, know there's a being in the universe, know that they will somehow give an account of their life to Him, but they don't know His name yet. And I want to suggest to you that what Jesus is saying here to these men is, I'm the issue. He continues to be the issue. He is the way. To the Father. Say it this way, Cliff. Okay, thank you. Here's the, here it is. Here we go. Here's the content. That's the context. Here's the content. I believe with all my heart, based on Romans 2, you can go look at it, based on Romans 2, that, that, that some people who've never heard of Jesus or the Gospel Paul says, have the law written on their heart. It's written right there. And he said, they've never heard, they've never, I'm not talking about people who've heard and understood and rejected. I'm talking about people who haven't heard, don't know, but they intuitively know, Paul says in Romans 1, that God has written it on their heart. It's like that lady that said to Elaine's dad, I, I always knew he was there, I just didn't know his name. Here's what the content is in my judgment. No one will know God as Father except through Jesus. When you, when you scour the religions of the world, Buddhism, Islam, even Judaism to a large extent, Hinduism, nobody understands God as Father. I told you last week, there are 99 names in Islam for God. Not one of them is Father. Not one. 
In Judaism, there is the understanding that no one in all rabbinical, in the Talmud, in the Mishnah, in the Gerimah, or the Halakha, no one ever personally addresses God as Father. When you scour the religion, in, in Hinduism and in, in, in Buddhism, there, there really is no God. It's, it's karma, you know. Uh, it, 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 it's kind of coming back to the universe of oneness where you get absorbed into the universe. There's no consciousness. Nobody talks about God like Jesus does. Nobody communicates God as Father as Jesus does. Could he be saying here in the content? Like nobody, nobody gets to God as Father except through me. I, I, I'm the one. I, I'm the basis of that. The content is you cannot come to God and understand Him as Father if you reject Him. No one can make it to the Father's house unless you come through Jesus. You may again. There may be people in other parts of the world that have never heard the gospel and they know there's a God and they're scared to death of Him. And they're frightened. When Water 4 guys uh, saw a, a, a video they did and about where uh, Matt Hangen had gone into, uh, I forget the name of the country now, but uh, where they went in and, and, and one of the things that they always face in those areas is the fact that everybody believes in God. But it's this maniac that if you don't sacrifice an animal or if you don't give something of great worth, he's going to hurt you. And they hang these relics and these things on posts to keep the gods from hurting them. That's all over the world, guys. You know that. That, that kind of paganism, that, that kind of sense of the gods are, are after us. It wasn't just in Homer's time. There are people all around the world that, know, that believe there's a God, but they're scared out of their brain. And Jesus says... Through me, you can come to a God who's a father. Through me, you can come to Him who is a father. I, I have this in my notes. I'll come back to it. But here's what I think Jesus is saying to us. Through me, you can make it to the Father's house. That's verse 2. And through me, you can make it to the Father's heart. Say it again. Through Jesus... You not only make it to the Father's house, you make it to the Father's heart. The Gospel communicates through the person of Jesus, I'm the way to know that God is a Father. I'm Him. I'm the way to know that. Others know there's a God. Others know that there's this supreme being. It seems innately in a... a, a here's a, some evidence. Anthropologists tell us they've never yet found a culture on this planet that did not have some action that suggested worship of God. Nobody. No culture ever. No culture ever to say that there was... A, so we're deeply innately wired this way. But it's one thing to believe there's a God that runs everything. It's one thing to believe there's a God who's in control of everything. It's one, it's one thing to believe there's a God who, who manages all this. It's another thing to believe there's a God and His name is Father. That's what Jesus, I think, comes to tell us.